1: So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com/slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Busy uh, Podcast Week, I'm doing a, a athletic one tomorrow with a DVR. Roto-Wire's old, and I uh, had to uh, continue to do a guest host on the Yahoo. I had Marcus Grant from NFL.com. So busy for me, dealing with a dog, a puppy, getting no sleep. I have to say my wife is dealing with that the most, but honestly, some stress. You said you retired too, listen so and maybe a short one yeah, today. We,
0: well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, probably it'll be short. I stayed up late because I've been staying up late, and then Sasha woke up early because she went to tennis, and Heather went to pick up the car, so she woke up in earlier, and she said, don't worry, Sasha, I'll cook herself bacon in the morning. I hard-boiled some eggs, and I'll just pick her up so you can sleep in. I said, great. Of course, Heather takes off, Sasha comes in, can you help me cook the bacon? <laughs> and then I decided to drink a whole pot of coffee and then for some reason could go back to sleep after Sasha left at 10. So I've been just like, you know, those days where you're like, okay, I need a nap at some point, you just don't get it. You're like, totally. I need 20 minutes just to conk out and just and just never never actually get that but uh, yeah puppies
1: puppies are worse than babies like all night like trying to you know house train them and definitely a chore and today we had two trees removed from my backyard so i was actually worried it was going to be a disaster during the podcast but they finished way sooner than they had planned so that's nice so here to talk to you about the craziness going on in the world list how you been um what's going on man
0: i've been all right like everything's fine with me it's, i've seen some interesting shit like so one thing is i listened to this podcast with this guy, Lacey Hunt, the podcast was this guy, Grant Williams podcast. And the guest he had was Lacey Hunt, who's some old school, I guess this guy's got to be at least 60 or 70 uh, investment advisor guy. And it just really clarified stuff for me about the markets. The guy was, it was a really good podcast. It's in my Twitter feed. I recommend it.
1: Okay, I did see you. You did recommend that, and I didn't check it out. And I, I, I will. I should have. I. Uh, I'm also behind on. I haven't even read your column, which I was going to point people to. Also, your NFL observations. I haven't checked that out yet. I bookmarked it. But okay, so that's a podcast worth listening to. What about the economy?
0: Yeah, like so. I, I, so the whole dilemma, and I mean, it's not like he solves it for you because it's unsolvable right now. Is kind of like so the economy's crashing. So we're going to be in a deflationary depression, right? Like there's no demand. Everybody's, no one's like going out and spending a ton of money. They're just all like, shit, you know, I'm losing my job. I, I got to cut back. Landlords aren't getting rent. You know, we've been through the whole thing. Offices are, are empty, commercial real estate is getting killed, all this stuff. And so you're like, okay, we're, this is what it's going to happen is we're going to get into a crash, huge, you know, deflationary situation, hold on to your dollars. They're going to go a long way and you're going to need them. But then the, the, the flip side of that, but the Fed's printing all this money, so it's going to be an inflation, so your dollars are worthless, and you better buy some assets quickly before you, while you can still buy them with your dollars. So those are two diametrically opposite things going on at the same time. And like, which one is true? And I've heard cases for both, right? Like, which one is true? Are the dollars yeah. evaporating? Or are we actually about to hit a serious deflationary period where the dollars are it's exactly what you should be in which is it
1: Uh, yeah i I don't know all that stuff goes basically over my head as far as the inflation but it appears to me that it um it can't keep heading down that it just you just can't keep going that way or um i don't know history suggests that 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 what
0: what is what with this were to repeat that it it ends poorly correct right but the point is you like as individuals we have to decide what to do right are you going to chase these stocks that keep going up they went down a tiny bit today but pretty much it's been up 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 or are you going to get out and get into cash and wait I mean, people need to know okay. right? Like Like uh, you got to plan your financial well-being as best you can with this yes, okay. currency that you don't control
1: no question well so, right, well so, I, I know what i'm doing i mean yeah there's no yeah i i would yes okay it seems obvious to me but okay
0: Well, okay, so it's not obvious to me. It's not obvious at all. So, like, it's it's, you So you still have
1: faith in the stock market? It's some in some bit.
0: No, I don't have any stocks. What I'm saying, it's not that I have faith or not faith. It's I was just like, what the fuck is going on? What do you do? Because stocks are at valuations that are so stretched, like compared to like what the companies are earning, what they're priced at. This is like historically high, but they keep going up, and if if the Fed keeps printing, then. You're going to want assets, not dollars. So you got to put them somewhere. So this is like the dilemma that I've been wrestling with for, you know, since the start of this whole thing. This guy comes on and in plain English just says it basically, at least as far as I can interpret it, which is that in 24 countries they looked at where the debt to GDP ratio was above like 50, 60%. And I think we're above that now. And it's not linear, it's, it's, you know, it gets worse. Like once the curve goes above 50, it gets much worse. There's always twenty four out of twenty four times followed deflation. Like it's always been depressionary deflationary. Basically, when you when you're in debt as a country, you're you're taking future spending. That's what debt is. You're borrowing from the future. You're going to pay it back later, and you're spending your future money now. You're spending your future paycheck on present consumption. And the only way, the only thing that 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 does is it makes you have to have austerity. It makes you have to cut back because you've already spent money that you've got. Not only have you spent the money you have now, you spent the money from the future.
1: And so you cut. So he's saying that this, everything's going to be worth less and
0: less. Not yet. It's it's how you got to walk through this, right? So it's like, so, okay. So, you know, every single time it has been deflationary when they've got into this kind of debt and the more money the Fed throws at it, the less bang for the buck they're going to get the more the debt and more debt we have. The, and the more they get into debt, the more they push more money, which is more debt, and the less bang for the buck they get it. each dollar does less and less. So it has no effect on the real economy. They're basically, the Fed makes money available to the banks to loan. The banks don't even loan that much of it. Okay, so, so that's it. Everything's going to crash. We're going to be in a, a deflationary situation where the dollar is going to go up relative to everything. Okay, but basically the Fed is only allowed to make reserves available to the banks. They're not allowed to like really buy anything. It's not cash. It's like bank reserves to let them lend. And the banks aren't lending that much. It doesn't get into the real economy that much. But he said they did something that they're not allowed to do. They actually bought bonds from companies. They're Not allowed to pick out specific bonds. And he said that's, illegal, and nobody seems to care, and they, they justified it under this exigent circumstances. It says under exigent circumstances, the Fed can do some general stuff, but it's basically illegal. And he said that didn't do that much. It pumped up some companies temporarily. And so this is where we're headed. He said, but if they start paying for stuff, if the Fed starts paying for healthcare, paying for college, paying for everything, if they start buying stock, you know, if, if he says if they cross the Rubicon, and just start putting this money into cash, yeah. into the economy, we're going to have hyperinflation. We're going to have massive, he didn't say hyper, but we're going to have massive inflation. But if they don't do that, then it's going to go the other way. And we don't know what they're going to do. And okay. the thing is, the jawboning, yeah. people think they're going to do it. And it's priced in. Like the market goes, oh, don't worry, the Fed's not going to let this drop. Buy more stocks. They're going to print more. You're going to devalue the dollar. You've got to get into stocks. Everyone's buying stocks. But that's already priced in, and they think they're going to do that. But if they just say, look, we did what we could, we're, we're making the reserves available, and people realize, holy shit, this isn't doing it. There's people, there's rents not being paid, mortgages not being paid, collapse. But if they're like, uh oh, there's a collapse and unrest, and this is like a politically very dangerous situation, they're like, fuck it, we're paying for everything, inflation. And so we're just waiting to see what they do. That's, that's what I took from it. I mean, he, there's a lot more insights, and I might not be summing it up that well, but. So it doesn't really solve the question because I was uh, going
1: to say it doesn't answer it, but it pay, it clears
0: up what uh, exa- exactly the possibilities. It makes sense, right? It's like people. It's just like a psychological thing right now. If that's all it is. People are like, oh, they're going to do this, so we're good. But it's going to get. It's not going to be enough unless they cross the Rubicon and, and break their mandate and go all in. And, and
1: then gonna, what would happen then if with inflation? So, Explain that to a, a, an idiot like myself.
0: So okay, so let's say they just start paying everybody's rent and paying everybody's mortgage and paying everybody's everything. All of a sudden there's going to be all this extra cash, right? So that those, all the payments are going to go into the coffers of all the people who wouldn't have gotten them. They'll have money to spend. And then the people who are living in the place that didn't pay the rent, you know, they don't have to worry about that. And all this extra money coming from the fed is going to flood the economy. Prices are going to rise. There's just going to be more money in the economy. Actual prices will rise and that's inflation and if that happens and it, you know and it's once it starts it's hard to you know all of a sudden like wait cash is this thing that the fed can just print like and put a tidal wave of it into the economy like it's not something that you know measures value of of the product, so- p- productive capacity of the economy it's just printed in then that then the dollar starts to lose value and then um, assets and everything and even food and everything go way up and that's a, another huge disaster I was going to say
1: it sounds like they're both poor results, right? What <clears throat> I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong, but didn't Nixon wasn't he someone involved with increasing inflation?
0: Well, he got us off the gold standard, and there's, right there's, in
1: 1971, which yes. is the thing you always point to, and that's literally what happened. Is I I've looked since just come in, yes, like was we kind of like halfway went off the gold standard far before that, but he like he put the nail in the coffin in 71, right?
0: Yes, and if you look at from like. If you look at charts like labor productivity and wages were like in a a totally, like they were lined up perfectly, and now labor productivity took off and wages stayed stagnant. All these charts that are like wealth inequality, labor not being paid for the amount of productivity they have, all this stuff, basically we financialized the economy. We made it so we could just print money, and then there's something called the Cantillion Effect, which means the people closest to this government-created money benefit from the inflation, and the people furthest away, like the average laborer, gets destroyed and you can see it at the extremes where you know there's new money in the system, and it's cheap money that goes to assets, and asset inflation happens. And if you're making twenty bucks an hour, ten bucks an hour, you know if you measure your wage in percent of the way to get a house, or percent of the way to get Apple stock or Amazon stock, you may get a raise, and you're still losing compared to everybody else who just owns these stocks or houses in the pricing. So basically, like the printing of money creates more inequality.
1: Nixon was by far my dad's favorite president. Just so you know where I'm coming from,
0: it's <laughs> funny. Why? Why did he like him? Uh,
1: I, I do. I don't know, but obviously it somehow benefited him. But he, he, uh, uh, yeah, I, I can't ask him. But I couldn't bring up these issues. I don't know if I would, have, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Unfortunately, my my old man's not here to ask. But uh, that was by far his his favorite. And I remember being as a kid very excited to see the movie with Anthony Hopkins playing in because my dad yeah yeah just so you know this is where I, who you're talking where you're yeah. from. Yeah.
0: yeah all right well anyway so you know, i don't know there's people who know a lot more about this than me but i i guess my my point is the takeaway is it's a really good podcast this guy's like really crystal clear and it's just like he just simplifies it it's like look dude there's he doesn't say it like that he's like the old school proper speaking guy but it's like look there's when, when you're totally in debt just to like keep things going that is not that is a bearish that's very bearish but we we may you know if they break it and historically like every single fiat currency you know when the shit goes down and there's unrest and it's not working they tend to spend they tend to print because it's just politically even if it's disastrous anyway it's like they're just going to try to stave it off a little bit further
1: right and And you still you don't you don't have an opinion of which way it's going to go. You're saying I mean
0: I I would just be guessing, but I guess what, what I'm saying is like I think if they do nothing else, we will see some sort of crash. I would think, and some sort of you know deflationary situation where you know people need to hoard money and things will get cheaper. But I don't. But if that leads to major problems, I mean, pension funds are now stock market right. Like it used to be that old people bought bonds because. They were like, I can't risk being in the short term ups and downs of the stock market. You know, I, I need to get my six percent a year, five percent in bonds, and just live off a fixed income. Like so I could, you know, budget. That's how old people would retire with bonds. Mm-hmm. But now bonds are at like one percent, zero percent. I mean they're nothing. So they so all those pension funds are in the stock market. And mm-hmm. the thing is like if the stock market crashes. I mean, these old people are not going to have money. They're not supposed to be in the stock market. The stock market is not right, for people who right, need the right. money in the near term. It's, it's long-term buy and hold. It's always for people with a, a lar- longer time horizon. So if the stock market crashes, it's fucked because all these people depend on it just to survive. And so, you know, so <laughs> if, if that happens, then you say, well, what happens then? Well, maybe the Fed just says, fuck it, we're just going to pay cash to all these old people. They're just going to put the money in their hands. And that's when inflation is when they just start, you know, literally printing money. They're not really printing money now.
1: And this should uh, what benefit Bitcoin either way? Either way it goes, you no, think? No,
0: I think if it goes down, Bitcoin may drop. Like if there's a a real yeah, if there's deflation, then you know all assets will lose a little bit of money, and the dollar will get stronger. And if there's inflation, of course, it benefits Bitcoin and stocks and everything else. But you know that Paul Tudor Jones, legendary uh, investor, was saying that he thinks Bitcoin might be the fastest horse. So when there's inflation, yep. you want to be on the fastest yep. horse because yeah, I mean, yeah, there's silver. Crumbling, and, you gotta, yeah. you gotta ride that horse out of there. No.
1: Yeah. Silver and gold look good too, but, um, just doesn't seem as practical and you see these other little things, like I'm sure you're following, but, um, that, that company moved like a, whatever, a quarter of a billion dollars to Bitcoin, yes. and micro, whatever, uh, micro strategy. I mean, that, those are not insignificant things. I mean, well, do you know, uh, who, owns that? Do you
0: know who owns that company? So, uh, no, so Vanguard and Blackstone, the two, two of the you know Vanguard's the biggest hedge, biggest yeah, uh, index yeah. fund, yeah. and Blackstone is like the biggest it's BlackRock or Blackstone. I think it's Blackstone. Is the it might be BlackRock uh, is the biggest like one of the biggest like investment companies, and they own collectively I think twenty five percent of that company. So, so one of the Bitcoin guys in my feed was like, "There's no way they didn't sign off on that on that big right. invest, basically to." let people know this company what's it called like micron something i don't know it's some micro strategy, micro strategy. Yeah. they just took like a ton of their cash reserves and turned them into bitcoin
1: well and think about it because what company if it does rise like it could no other company is going to be able to own that percentage of bitcoin you know what i mean like getting in now
0: well i i think you know where the game theory comes in is when say like iran or venezuela or one of these countries that is sanctioned and needs to buy something and they, it's hard for them to get dollars and their currency is getting worthless and they're like screw it, you know, we got to get in. And so like these little countries buy it and then the bigger countries are like shit, like they're driving up the price by buying it. Right. Even a small country right. has billions and billions of dollars, right? So billions and billions of dollars worth of whatever it is. So they start buying it and then the US and other countries are like you know, it's kind of like if they're getting into 10 or 12 or 15 or 20,000 and they're driving up the price by buying it. You don't want to be last in. Put it that way. Central banks buy gold. Now it's it's a it's a dilemma for big countries like especially the U.S. the preserve currency because, or China or Japan or U.K. or or the you know, European Central Bank because all of those entities are competing with Bitcoin. So if they buy it, they're going to just defeat their own. You know, it's like they, if they buy it, they're screwed because that's what they're competing against. But how can they afford not to buy it if everyone else is getting some? And it's like the new gold, they buy gold in their reserves to you know, back up their fiat currency with something real. So I don't know, you could see a big, a big run where they're all kind of trying to get in before it's too late.
1: Yeah, I know. It's uh it's interesting the uh I don't know, man. It's so it's encouraging at the beginning of a bull I don't know. That whenever you get excited it's we don't too know. good to be true. Know. I know. It's just so yeah, I know.
0: I just made a I bet know. with my friend out here. I said I bet him 100 bucks that it won't dip below 10,000 before, you know, January 1st, 2021. It won't have gone down below 10,000. Now, if there's if there's a big contraction and a big, you know, sell off in the market, I'll probably lose that bet. But yeah. Uh, but if there's not, I, I don't think I'm gonna lose that bet. But
1: yeah, no in, interesting stuff there. Um, all right, what uh what else? Um I'm um, Kamala Harris.
0: Yeah thoughts? But that it's not it's like it, i I saw some posts in my feed. This woman Crystal Ball. That uh, this cracks me up that like Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ball family named their daughter Crystal, that's just hilarious. But yeah. um she's a pretty good commentator. And she was You know
1: called, hold on, sorry yeah. before I forget, you know Lear Jett? Yeah. Learjet. They named their daughter Shanda.
0: Yeah, Shanda. So Chandelier is her name. Chandelier, I like it.
1: Pretty legit, uh, yeah. yeah. I okay, name,
0: continue. I, I didn't name Sasha Ruth. Ruth would have been... Yeah, I know. Ruthless would have been awesome. Ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah. You know, imagine yeah. she was like an MA fighter and her name was Ruthless. Yeah, you definitely should name
1: your son Richard,
0: though. Yeah, and then, or Penny for Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so she tweeted this out and she was saying, like, AOC... As like sixty seconds of pre-recorded, but like the main speakers are like Bloomberg and like John Kasich, who's like a Republican, like a bunch of other. There's all these like, you know, like not progressive people basically speaking at the Democratic convention, and AOC gets like sixty seconds. I'm not even an AOC yeah, and, fan Andrew Yang.
1: Tweet. I, I saw it tweeted. He's like, uh, oh, I kind of thought I was
0: going to get right. to say a word. He's not no. in there, right? Like it's like they just got rid of all the all the people that actually got votes and stuff, and. And, they, and, you know, they just gave it to, like, these centrist, non-progressive people. And, and she tweeted out, like, you know, this kind of sums up the Democratic Party, like, 60 seconds for AOCs. You know, they just, like, throw, like, the slightest nod to, like, the progressive politics. And then they just put their real agenda, which is just, like, corporate centrism, neoliberalism. That's, their, that's who they are. And she tweeted that out, and I was thinking, yeah, that's true. But then I was thinking, I mean, that doesn't even need to be said, it's joe biden and kamala harris you know what i mean it's like there's nothing more that needs to be said it just is what it is i mean that's just who the party is right it's just like a prosecutor that like was ruthless to like poor people let uh steve mnuchin trump's secretary of the treasury off the hook even though her office recommended to prosecute him didn't do it and like brain dead joe biden who voted for the iraq war and was like part of the crime bill in the 90s and Destroyed Anita Hill, helped destroy Anita Hill. Destroy Anita. Like all, like he's been like on that side of history the whole time. So it's like, what's there to say? It is what it is. Like,
1: <clears throat> okay, all right. Yeah, it was uh, and to be expected too. Um, there were, there will definitely be I'm definitely going to ask you your predictions though on that, just because I'm so curious. Because the polls are showing one thing. Oh, I actually meant to. Oh yeah, let's leave this to that. You 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 brought up some polls yourself, right? Yeah, I well I created
0: some polls and yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Let's and talk about that so one poll was like trump's supporters deserve and then one the first one was respect like anyone else the second one was to be socially shunned the third one was fired from their job and the fourth one was forcibly reeducated and like 22 you know 61% said respect like everyone else 22 said shunned and like A few percent said fired and then like 18 percent or something like that said forcibly reeducated. So altogether, it was like 38, almost 39 percent think that a Trump supporter, not, you know, not supporting anything particular that he believes, just the fact that they support Trump needs to be either shunned, reeducated or fired. (laughs) And so I, I posted that and I said, you know, honestly, I just don't think in this environment where, and my, and you know, my followers, like all the diehard Trump haters have left, right? Like, cause I, I post shit like all the time that like is make fun of Biden, not, you know, right. I, I, not do some, orange
1: man bad. Yeah. Not yeah, necessarily. My whole feed yeah. is an
0: orange yeah. man bad. And, and, yeah. and so like, I'm not a Trump supporter, but I, you know, I'm not like towing the line either. So so I've lost a lot of followers who just can't tolerate even the slightest you know, ambiguity in anything. So, so it's not like all my followers are a bunch of Trump haters, right? It's, my followers are pretty middle of the road. Some are Trump guys. Some are Biden people. Some are you know, independent. But So the fact that 38% of my followers, which is not, you know, it's not like if I were like some totally left-wing site, that would be kind of meaningless. Uh, so, so anyway, so I summarized the poll and I said, wow, 38% of people you know, think A, B, or C. And I was like, I don't think Trump supporters are going to tell pollsters who are strangers that they're voting for Trump. When you know that 38% of the people or whatever, you know, maybe my following is not exactly proportional, but again, it's it's pretty in the middle, will either shun you, think you should be fired or reeducated. You're not going to tell them the truth. So how can we possibly get accurate polling data?
1: Um, OK, so I, I uh, did a screenshot of this. I found this interesting. Um, some random Twitter account breaking nine one one. one I saw this. It was a, just a poll. Who wins the 2020 presidential election? 126,000 votes. But obviously this is private or whatever on Twitter. 126. I, as far as I can tell, this isn't slanted one way or the other. I don't a breaking 9-1. I mean, I don't understand why it w- would be partisan. Um, what, what do you think the results were?
0: It's it's predicting who wins or who do they just, want to win? It's just a poll of who, who wins. I don't know who the followers are, who sees that. I mean, it's, I don't know, 50-50.
1: Yeah, okay, whatever. So uh, Trump was
0: 84.7%
1: and Biden 15.3%. And 126,000 people did this vote.
0: Yeah, but I mean, again, you don't know if it's all Republicans or all... You don't know like who's who's voting in that. Like
1: I know it's just one that I totally came across, and it's just very funny because you know right afterward I saw Nate Silver you know say it's seventy one uh, what uh, twenty nine is that what um, yeah. it, what he has it's exactly the same as the Trump four years ago. So uh, it's just it's just funny to see that because I mean that's pretty stark eighty six percent and one hundred twenty six thousand votes. But you're right, of course that's just as meaningless as the others. But still,
0: and, and I I feel like Nate Silver like he goes by the polls and he's got a history of it and but man I. I don't think the polls are going to be accurate. And I'll tell you something scary that I just thought of today. Let's say, like, that's true. And, and I, I got a, some funny Twitter responses that I'll, I'll get into in a second. But let's say it's true that that the Trump voter is not going to talk to the pollster because there's just too many social consequences for being a Trump supporter these days. And so the pro-Trump sentiment is, is underrepresented. And so heading into the election, let's say it, it, it's like, you know 90 10 biden it looks like you know in terms of the likelihood of him winning it's like you know 58 42 the polling and the you know whatever that translates to 90 10 80 20 whatever it is and then trump wins and then they do the exit polling and of course they don't tell the pollsters who they voted for accurately either and biden's exit polling is basically the same as it was going into the in, into the election so you have a 60 40 Biden polling edge, which is an 80-20 or 90-10 percent, both before the vote and then in the exit polls. And then Trump wins like 52-48. Now, let's say that that is actually because people just don't tell the truth to pollsters anymore because of the environment. Do you think that the, the Trump, you know, the, the people who are against Trump, the Biden supporters and the establishment? is going to believe that the election is not fixed. If uh, neither the- side are going to oh, okay. be satisfied. Neither side me? is going to be happy. But I'm saying the way we basically judge the, one of the ways in which we judge, I think, I could be wrong about this, the accuracy of an election is we compare exit polling to the vote, oh, right? Because right, right. right so right. the exit polling... Oh, bowling, my God. I, 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 yes, I get you it. You see what I'm you're saying? saying? Yes, like, yes I do. They're going to say, yes, no, yes, yes. they're cheating. It's going to
1: be evidence is what you're saying. It's going to be like evidence. in right.
0: their mind and they're going to believe it. They're not going to be lying. They're going to say, this is a slam dunk that they cheated. Slam dunk. Look at the exit polling. Uh,
1: he even thought of that aspect. That's so, very interesting. Yeah. And that
0: right. is going to be scary as shit because even if he were to win, he can't win if, the, if they're not saying it. And yeah. I don't think people are going to be frank you don't know who these people are on the way out you don't know who you're talking to 38% of people again in my non-trump hating twitter feed there's people who hate him in my twitter feed who follow me but it's not all it's not all like that we're like the the nicest thing they said about him was you should be socially shunned <laughs> and and so then okay so this one guy i don't know but i think he's an industry guy he said I, so I, when I said this, I said I think people are going to underreport. I, I think we're going to have a problem with the polling. He said, "Oh why? Oh like this bullshit poll with like joke responses is indicative of anything?" And I was like, "Oh do you uh, you doubt the sentiment that's expressed there?" And he was like forcibly re-educated, like that's a serious thing. And I said, "Okay, but." I think they just chose that to be more extreme, but like 22% said socially shunned and just put the forcibly re-educated and the socially, shunned. that's probably what they would actually do is just socially shunned. They're just being a little hyperbolic with that choice. You're right. But it's still the sentiment's real. I was like, why don't you do this experiment and at a dinner party, why don't you just non-ironically advocate for Trump? And he and he's like, he was like, I would never do that. I don't want other people to think I'm racist. And I'm like, well, what? Dude, you just proved my point. <laughs> like, that's exactly that's literally what you're literally trying to what say. I'm trying yeah. to say is that that's what you think of. It's like he's like, oh, this sentiment's not real. It's like, no, you yourself have this exact sentiment. So, yeah, I think the sentiment is real, and I think it's going to have an effect on the on the polling. I really do.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. Sorry, I'm reading the <laughs> responses here. Uh, someone called the Libertarian Chill. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that's, funny. Yeah, you even... That's
0: instant mute.
1: Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's uh, – see. i I'm seeing the back and forth of that guy too. Um, yeah, I agree. There's no question that we have no clue what's coming, and the, the poll should be highly, highly questioned. And uh, if that's nothing we haven't learned Great. with data just in the past few months, but just last election. And there's so many reasons, smack you right in the face, of why that could ha- be happening. So, yeah, it's
0: – I don't see why if you hate Trump, you can't at least admit that a lot of people hate Trump and that if you did like Trump, you might not want to announce that to a lot of the people that you know. Yeah,
1: that's, there's, that's, I don't understand why that would be defensive either because that's just the truth. Like, yeah, that's, that's just a weird.
0: fact. But like, yeah. it's almost like if you admit that, then you're like, maybe that's unfair to them. Oh no, no, nothing's unfair to them. They're the worst. You, know, like you can't even concede. You know, and I wasn't even saying whether it's fair or not. I wasn't weighing in on that. Personally, as, as I said many times, I think everybody deserves respect, no matter which political candidate they they support. That's not an important uh, for me. That's not like an important characteristic about somebody. But but even if you didn't think they deserve respect, like you can at least acknowledge that you don't respect. You're the one who thinks they don't deserve respect. Like you should at least acknowledge that many people agree with you.
1: And if you seen – there's so many things to go to just discuss this whole issue. Do you, see, do you think that there's subliminal messages or anything to, like, the fact that, like, basically Kamala is, like, the, the promotion. She's in front of Biden. They're already using words like if and when she takes over. Like, uh, it's not even really high, – it's high, hidden in plain sight. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, the last podcast was called The Emperor's New Clothes. Like, I think yeah. they're just okay. pretending <laughs> like Biden's a real candidate, and he's not. I mean, it's, it's just like, he, he's brain dead. He's demented. It was funny, my Biden poll. Um,
1: but they're not even, I thought they'd hide it more, though. I mean, it's, it's crazy. How can it's they like,
0: hide it, though? He's hiding as much as he can. You can't. He's, he's doing the bare minimum, and he still can't hack it. That's the thing. So my Biden poll, though, I was a little disappointed at this one, because I said Joe Biden deserves your vote mostly because, first one was Trump is worse. That's 43%. Biden has a lot to offer, 5%. Demented or underrepresented, 3%, and he doesn't deserve shit, 49%. That was the one that won. But I was bummed that demented or underrepresented only got 3%. That's a good choice. How many demented people do we have? We have probably – actually, they're probably not underrepresented in our government. But I, guess I was, was going to say. Yeah, I don't know. They're probably overrepresented. Yeah. If you think about, like, the average age of so many of our um, – And the type of person that get yeah.
1: through all the politics would yeah. absolutely take right. a special – They're special probably person.
0: overrepresented. That's why I didn't get a lot of votes. So, the, so you're asking for predictions, but what I was saying is like, even if Trump were to win and the exit polls were to show, were to reflect people not wanting to say, is that a win? Is he going to be allowed to win? If Trump were to lose, and then were to complain about the mail fraud or whatever he's alleging,
1: yeah, well, and he, yeah, he's blocking the, you know, about that uh, USPS or whatever. He's, he's that's that's a big issue in this stimulus package or something, right?
0: Yeah, so like what's he doing? He's trying to destroy their ability to even count the mail-in votes. Like he's just trying to like eliminate basically, that option. Yeah,
1: basically eliminate that option. Yeah, that's the la- uh, hurdle for whatever the, you know, this this stimulus package or something uh, is is what uh, as a this.
0: So let's so let's hear uh, let's uh, just clarify something for me about the mail-in votes cuz he he seems to think they're susceptible to fraud. Now, the thing about when you vote in person, when you go to vote, you have your ID and you have your address, like your polling place is connected to your home address. So you go to the school or wherever the hell they're holding it and you show your ID and your name and address are there and they prove that it's you and then they cross you off. So nobody else with your name and address can vote. And then you go in privately and you, you make your votes. Now, if you were to mail a ballot in, how do they verify that you are you?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I voted by, by mail. They mail mail, yeah I know they're different than the absentee. Um, they mail it to your house okay. and I've uh, and I've just signed my name, you have to sign your name and okay. you you check off all your things and you send it back. And I, and I know there's some concern. Um, I've tried to look at this like absentee. why is it fundamentally different? And I know that the concern is like what they call it harvesting. so like you know you go to like uh, I don't know, maybe an old person home or something and, 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 and just take all of theirs and, and then fill them up or something. I, I believe that's one concern.
0: Right, so like, there's no way for them to know that the person checking the boxes and signing the name is the person Correct. who voted it. Yeah, is. right.
1: And there's no way they're checking their signatures. Like, does the signature match that person's signature? Right, it's
0: just too, you have to do one at a time, and people's signatures yeah. change over time. It's very hard to yeah. do that. Um, yeah. I, I had to like almost not get money from a bank because my signature was from 20 years ago when I opened the account. And they're like, sorry, sir, it doesn't match. And this woman actually <laughs> illegally... Emailed me a <laughs> screenshot of my signature so that I could fake it, like my old signature. <laughs> it was like funny. so annoying. I was like, "Yeah, dude, this twenty years ago, you know." Well, that seems like actually a valid thing, right? Like that seems like pretty shaky. That sort of mail in, if if it's like a large percentage of the vote is mail-in yeah
1: i've read honestly it's one of those things i've been convinced when i've read either like i've come away reading either both sides being like oh it's definitely an issue or oh that's there's ne- that never is uh statistically how matters so i don't know i don't know how
0: what's the other side of it like to me it seems pretty easy that you could easily harvest i mean right so you're saying
1: occam's razor then there you go that's all you need to know whatever the stats they can come back or cook up they tell you that it's safe yeah, or whatever. there's,
0: no, there's yeah. no direct connection to like I mean, I barely trust the the in-vote, you know, in-person process, but at least, like, right, you have to count right. up. The, I mean, because, you know, it's not like that's, like, such a fail-safe either.
1: But, well, that's a problem with, with uh, this thing called the coronavirus right now, right? I mean, because who wants to go stand in lines in, 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 in people and vote in person? I mean,
0: Yeah, and the problem is it has to be one day, because then, like, if somebody got ahead early, because certain precincts are yep. counted, it would affect everything, and, and you would, really would need to, you know, do it over, like, a two-week span. But actually, you could do it so that, like, you start – why couldn't they do it so, like, let's say you started October 20th, and it, a lot of events would happen. And be like, wait, I want my vote back. I didn't know he was going to do this. I'm changing. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, it's like a slow fantasy a, draft. I have the clock, the closer, you know, it's so big. Exactly. Yeah,
0: oh, something came out that Trump murdered somebody yesterday, but yeah. I already voted for him. Oh, no. Yeah. But, like, you know, so it's, like, October 20th to, like, November 4th. There's two weeks, but nothing's counted. It's just stored. Of course, what could go wrong? It's stored somewhere. Yeah. Right? But like but the idea is that like you could space it out. Like you'd have a polling place and you'd make an appointment, you know, and you everybody it wouldn't be like a huge amount of people there at once because you'd have it would be staggered. But then you'd have like two weeks of people coming to the polling place to like man that thing and there's no good way to do it with coronavirus. You know, maybe the virus will abate a little bit. You mentioned something in the last pod that I actually followed up on, the T cell thing.
1: Yeah. Continue. I, I heard you say that on the, I, uh, I've been busy weeks. So I've missed a couple of XM shows, but I did hear you. I believe you, you, you did mention it once. So yes, you did a good job because yeah, but further, you did a good job of explaining it. So uh, well, do that on the pod.
0: That's interesting. Cause I don't really totally understand it, but I, I think what the guy was saying is that like T cells are immune cells. And if you've had a common cold or if SARS, but not many people got the first SARS, you, you know, you have immunity to COVID, you know, you have T cells that remember, I guess the, the COVID Virus and you know you may get the teeniest bit sick, but they activate and kill it off really easily, which explains part. You know could explain why so many people are just like barely symptomatic or not symptomatic at all. Don't even know that that's happening because they're they're ready to kill it right away. It's as if they've been vaccinated or something. A couple of guys they were thinking that maybe fifty percent of the pop or even more seventy percent, whatever. A lot of the population has these has this strong T cell immunity against COVID, and so it's only like twenty percent of the population. That if they get it, then we have the 70 percent that's required for herd immunity. We don't it's not like 70 percent of us have to get sick. It's 70, you know, fifty percent of us started out with the immunity and twenty percent get it. Twenty percent of the world is still like, you know, more than a billion Mm -hmm. people getting it. There's only like, I don't know, thirty million people have gotten it so far, twenty thirty, you know, so and it's probably way more than that. But the point is we still need a billion people to get it for like, you know, global herd immunity at, at that pace. But point is that that we're closer to herd immunity than people think, perhaps, and that the reason uh, it's been so nasty to old people is your T cells get a exactly. lot weaker. Yeah. And so that explains why you know they haven't been able to fight it off. So, you know, by November, like this thing may be in retreat. Like we know it's not going to be around for five years. You know, so maybe three years from now it's not going to be around. You know, we don't know how long it's going to last, but it, it's going to be dead within a year, probably. And maybe you know it's already been with us for six months. Maybe it's an eight month has an eight-month course you know before everyone gets immune so i was thinking about that in the context of the nfl and also maybe for the election it's not as it's not as big a thing
1: yeah i guess the problem would be yeah well that's so the t-cells so the worry would be the antibodies if someone would, would within when they wear off even though you have your immunity you would test positive you know that would be the worry in the middle of the season but, um, yeah, yeah maybe wait, the t cell. right. You could right? still
0: test positive, I think, because you have it, but it's just your T-cells come and squash it really fast. Right. I think you would, it, it would probably record some level of having the virus, maybe, I think. Uh, but, right.
1: But interesting stuff. And it makes, it makes sense. And you could, uh, what, like a lot of, you could have acquired it from just different types of, cro- of coronavirus in the past, right? Like getting different types
0: right. of colds. Corona is like actually been with us, you know, lots of different colds. Yeah. This particular type of coronavirus is new and no, obviously, obviously no. more deadly. But they're related closely enough that apparently immunity to one, they proved that there was crossover immunity from SARS-1. Like, all the people that got SARS, I think, are immune to the coronavirus. Hmm. And SARS-1, you know, 2003, whatever it is, maybe it wasn't one. SARS, that shit was worse than this in terms of its uh, mortality rate. It just wasn't nearly as contagious.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad you followed up on that. And uh. Yeah. That's some encouraging. Uh. Definitely encouraging. Um. But you still hear. You now you hear differing things on the mask, and it's just all. Uh, all a little frustrating. Um. But um. Well, you want to make this a quick one. You got anything else? I. Uh, I only had a couple quick notes. Just that I um. I came across this I probably shouldn't even mention because it's just fear mongering, but it's uh, some some people have been there's rumors of people in China and Beijing like preparing for war. Have you heard about any of that list?
0: No, I've not. What is what is that?
1: I don't know. But that's rumors in Beijing that people are stockpiling food and there's like a button that, that uh, there is instructing people to immediately go to uh, their bunker. that They have a, a signal ready for people um, just to, to be prepped. So hopefully, again, that's absolutely nothing. But that is just, just whatever rumors I came across. It doesn't sound ideal um, on a more uh, brighter note. Um, actually, I have a little quick story for you. Yep. If you will humor me. Sure. Um, so you know that I've gone crazy with the, the eating and the health and all that. I found a good, uh, a place online to buy meat. Most importantly, they're in stock. At least they have been Knockwood, Unlike a lot of places these days and grass fed everything. Uh, like I get beef jerky, like from a butcher rack of lamb and I've even tried this. It's the only place that I'm aware that even offers it. A uh, hamburger that comes 15% or 30% organs in it. And that's like the best food for your organs. But liver is kind of gross. But in it, it's, it's delicious. And it has even omega-3 pork, all that. I, I love it. It's awesome. And here's the reason I'm bringing it up. Not just saying that it's good, but I am positive that i was targeted by this the more i thought about it i can't remember if it was my whatever it was i'm positive that i was targeted by that with whatever things i search on the internet and i would never discovered it if not so damn your uh duck duck go and all your other secretive things we communicate you've given me a hard time it actually improved my life
0: (laughs) i guess i guess you know like a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while Okay, I know there's nothing I, new to
1: repeat whatever i just thought of you i'm like dude this is so good like, i was so happy i found this and i'm right. like dude i was targeted by that clearly i'm like i'm going to tell liz on the podcast it actually benefited you me search so. for
0: all that stuff and it picked up what you're after oh, yeah, and exactly. it actually got it yeah
1: exactly and it found the place i was literally looking for for the like i've been looking for a couple of months anyway so found that was funny um i felt bad i didn't mention your list snarky 150 last week everyone should go check that out um uh do you have any thoughts on football your team definitely is looking better by the day that we're yeah. in together for sure i've, I've been looked back and I heard you bragging. And I'm like, damn it. Why did I also allow, um, like you got Anthony Miller in round 12. I would have definitely got him higher. And even I remember at the time I was pissed with burrow and especially Dondre Swift falling I, at the time too. So, uh, I'm excited that I, I like that. You're um, so pumped up about that. I only have one, one, uh, Darius Geis and the Scott fish That wasn't a fun, fun for the news, but, uh, have any other thoughts on, on football or your baseball teams?
0: Yeah, that, that team is like ideal. Like, and I got really lucky, but, but I, 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 the column I wrote today was sort of like, I think the best way to go about it with the running back inflation that's going to be there is to take one running back. I think you were actually correct to take Mixon. Uh, I mean, I took you could have taken Devonte Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, but you weren't going to. But even if I had left Thomas, you said you were going to take Mixon there anyway. And I think that's actually correct. It was, I'm actually happy that I took Thomas because of the way it shook out, but I was just lucky. I mean, I was smart about Ronald Jones, like knowing that he was probably the guy um, and I got lucky with DeAndre Swift being there. but
1: And Howard's too late in round eight. Yeah. That's, I don't care if it's PPR. That's yeah. just too late.
0: I've got no. three, like, starting running backs, <laughs> despite doing four stud yeah. receivers and a stud tight end. Like, that's just yeah. lucky. But I, I look back at that. I'm extremely psyched about that team. And if it all falls into place like that, then it's great. But I think the way to do it is take that mix back. And then in round two, you took Gordon. I would have taken, you know, Tyreek Hill or Godwin or someone like that. That's where I could have taken Jacobs, and so could Because oh, I, I had
1: I had to stretch to reach for for yeah. I guess Jacobs now if he's going to catch sixty balls that he wants. But 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 other than that though, it's you know Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, uh, Leonard Fournette going. You know what I mean? I had to reach because running backs were inflated right. in that one. But I wanted to say you're probably you're. It's a good looking uh, you know analogy to baseball. Then are there only six you know you know eight workhorse backs like the the five elite uh, elite starting pitchers? You know that's why you get one of those early and then. Then you go other, maybe like that.
0: I think it is a lot like pitching. I mean, it, it's similar. They're, they're riskier, but they're, they're more upside. They, they make a bigger impact for you. But I think the, the going one in one is good because you're sort of like, you're, you're not caving in completely on the, on the bad value. Like, but you're, you're at least conceding something to the market. It's like a balanced way to go about it. You're taking value. Like people all bid up closers in the NFBC and that turned out to be disastrous. We all should have said, screw that. So many closers on waivers everyone's paying like seventh round picks for like Hansel Robles, like terrible picks.
1: Oh no, you, I can't. Yes. Even. Yeah, I know it's the worst thing chasing the fab money. And even someone like me who reached for hater, that dude's thrown yeah, like three, I and three two. innings this year. Yeah, he's been like three innings. Yeah, I mean, it's I wild. Even when you're healthy and still effective, it can go totally wrong. You know,
0: you know, that was a time where you should have conceded a little of the market, but taking a stud hitter or pitcher there and just, been like screw that oh one other thing i wanted to bring up to you so i saw a scott barrett tweet you know who scott barrett is he was on with pff and now he's starting a new thing with oh Harrison. yeah yep um, yep very good and uh he was tweeting about brady and he's super bullish on brady so i wanted to bring this up to you
1: yeah i, I like scott too he's really good like one of my yeah i, I would i respect him for sure one well, he of you have
0: similar draft styles like you're very aggressive on upside right, right. so he likes brady a lot and his argument was In 2018, he was one of uh, PFF's, like, top seven quarterbacks, real-life quarterbacks. And the first half of last year, he was top 10 fantasy. He was, like, tied for 10th or something. And he was, like, a top 10 PFF QB, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And then Mm -hmm. in the second half, he was, like, the 18th PFF, and he was, like, last in fantasy and last in YPA. And he said that in week 10, he actually got injured. He hurt. Something went wrong. He He got an injury of some kind. I forget what it was. Elbow injury or something. But anyway, he got injured, and Sanu got hurt, and, you know, Nikhil Harry was hurt, and I think Edelman might have been banged up too. And so he just says, this is just because he was hurt, playing hurt last year at the end, and that his receivers were hurt too. So he's, like, super bullish. He's like, now you get this guy in a way better, like, in night and day, better weapons, Gronk back, they're going to throw a lot. He has him as a top 10 QB. So just, just a that would be-
1: point. Sure, sure. I've, I've been wrong plenty of times, and I will again. The uh, That's interesting. The injury would be just as likely as, say, you know, age or whatever, because there was a clear fall off the second half. But I mean, that's what I was concerned with, because when it does catch up to that age, it's, it's often just totally steep. Um, but yeah, if there was uh, an injury that directly impacted it, uh, that could be the reason, and not not my my other theories. So interesting you say this because I'm uh doing this all all through August, having a guest on uh, per week, co-hosting this Yahoo pod, or actually taking over the host role which is a new thing for me next week. Um, I got Ben Baldwin lined up and I'm just going to talk right. all stats and talk CPOE and all the, the funny acronyms people make fun of. And, um, so that'll be interesting. So, so I, I have him on, he doesn't, he's like, dude, I don't even play fantasy. I'm like, I don't care. Uh, I'm talking to you about these stats. So I'm going to talk to EPA and all the the, the stuff you uh, you love, so uh, I'm definitely going to bring up Brady. But good, yeah. So Scott's Scott's on the opposite side, it sounds like. But I mean, the Godwin is so good; like he's uh, it's possible those guys just even carry him, even if he really does go into decline. But um, the thing with that team is um they their defense could be good, and all the shortened off season and weirdness with Bruce Arians. I don't even know how he's going to coach. Um, but also they're underrating just how much Jameis Winston's 30 interceptions helps fantasy. It's tough to have so many two top 10 fantasy wide receivers like they're they did last year and have it again and add a top 10 tight end i still think the bucks guys are getting drafted crazy in my opinion
0: yeah i i'd have evans like 14th or something like that 13th or 14th i downgraded him lower than not like crazy low but i think it's worse for the receivers that brady's there i don't think it's bad for the receivers i think it's worse than having you know, Jameis didn't just throw 30 interceptions, he threw 33 touchdowns, too. It's like ideal. They're just slinging it all. Over and the field. all
1: those pick six. Pick six is, right. is truly
0: ideal. Yeah, you just get the ball right back. And the thing is, like, those guys both missed a couple of games at the end of the season with injuries. Yeah. If if they had finished the season, they would have put up like Godwin would have had like fifteen, sixteen hundred yards, something crazy like that.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. no it'll be interesting. Hopefully there's a season for us to uh to actually tell, I'm definitely looking forward to talk to, to Ben about the the nerdy stats. Um, what do you, you want to talk about your NFL observations, uh, Colin?
0: Yeah, we can talk about it quick. I just want to say one thing, you know, normally it'd be like, okay, if the NFL has to cancel, you know, it's for the good of humanity. It's no problem. But now that I got that team, that zero running back team, it better not cancel. I'll be pissed. <laughs> that's a, that's a 200 K. That's a 200 K team right there. There's some
1: serious things at stake before it was, it just would have been a moderate problem, but now there's shit at stake. I got, I hear you. Yeah,
0: that's right. That's right. It's so annoying. Gregory Polanco just hit a home run. I had to drop him in two leagues because, well, he's terrible, but also because they played the Cardinals, right? Didn't they play the Cardinals earlier this week? And
1: like, yeah, Josh Pell. Yeah. You know,
0: all those games are canceled. You can't use them.
1: Yeah, I know. I have Liadi or Molina in the league I'm in with you, and like four catcher bids failed, oh and I'm too lazy to go deeper. So it's it's yeah, yeah. It's a,
0: yeah. I don't want Mike Massada to win that league. He's ahead of us, and he's talking Yang on Twitter. But it's still, it's very volatile still at this point. Oh, yeah. I, mean, oh I have Acuna. I have
1: Acuna in, in that league and a main event team. That's that's fun. I'm,
0: yeah, I'm I have a, in one of my. other. There's one team that I I took Kershaw, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna wait on pitching because I I didn't like the values. So my next picture was Paxton, who I got absolutely annihilated with when he started 91. And then I benched him last week. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And then, But then my next picture was Soroka, and the one after that was Matt Boyd, and the one after that was Otani in that same league, not our league. So that, that team has like a 6 ERA. It's, it's unsalvageable. Anyway, yeah, we can talk about this article quickly. And it, I, I basically just, it was what I was saying before. It's sort of like, what do you do with running back inflation? Like, how do you handle it? And there's four ways you either handle it, just steer into it and say, I'm just drafting running backs, right? Like, I'm not going to fight this inflation. I'm just going to go with it, which is kind of what you've been doing. And then there's take the value at receiver, take two receivers, and then just pay up in rounds three and four, but you end up with like Bell and Fournette, you know? But To me, that's the worst way to do it is to just take the value and then pay for it anyway, but worse it's better to pay up for the Mixons and Kenyon Drakes if you're going to do it. And Can then you imagine it, taking Leonard Fournette
1: in round three. I just don't understand. He's, he, I'm almost guaranteed he's going to do well because t- I, I I've never been more certain in anything in my life that you just have to be an insane person to, to witness what you witnessed last year. Then them add Chris Thompson and say, I'm going to double down and take, I mean, it's it's like seeing a, a, a baseball hitter get 700 plate appearances post of 500 OPS, but because he had 85 runs and 85 RBI, you're going to draft. It's just so bizarre to me. It's, it's, it's I don't know. That, that's a weird one to me, but continue.
0: And I just don't think it's a good way to draft. So, so then the third way would be what I did to zero running back. And I, I said that, I pulled it off, but I got lucky. Very easily it could flop and you're stuck with like, Tariq Cohen is your starting Tariq Cohen and James white as your running backs while you're waiting for like a running back to pop. And then the last way uh, is I think the ideal way, which is to take one stud running back, no matter what, I mean, within reason, I guess if you, yeah, if you pick late enough, you can take Michael Thomas at 11 and then get, get one of the running backs on the way on the other side. So you can get Thomas and Kenyon Drake or Thomas and any of those guys. But uh, I was talking to Jeff about this. So there's a note that we had that Lev Bell lost all this weight. He's down to like 210, 215, right. mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause at my Zenith, I was 208. And it's so like, how could Lev Bell be my same weight? You know, that's just insane. But <laughs> the last time he lost weight, he was, he was 240 and he got down to like 223 or something. His rookie year, he was 240 and he was just whatever, nothing special. And he got down to like 223 his second year. And he was a monster and he was a superstar. Then he tore his ACL, came back, and was good again. And he's dropped this weight and I know that sounds like a stupid thing to like care about, but it's like the guy had a horrible year on the jets. The jets are a shit team is a bad contract. They signed him to, they're kind of stuck with him. And what did he do during COVID? He like got himself in jacked, ridiculous shape, like busted his ass. And he's a guy that has been great. Like Fournette's never been great. Fournette's never lived up to the pedigree. Le'Veon Bell has been great. He knows what it takes to be the best back in the league or one of the best backs in the league. So it's not like he's just some pretender. So the question is, has he lost the staff? He's 28, whatever. And he's had a decent workload, although he's got a, a whole year off. I don't know, man. I think I'm in in round four. I think I'm back in on Bell. So Fournette got 100 targets. Last year. They added Chris Thompson. Like I just really think that
1: that's a difference there, whereas the Bell still looks like, to me, the same situation where the targets, and yeah, as you said, he's been a starboard. He's only played 16 games just once in his career in the gaze factor, but as much as you don't like Darnold, that dude's still young and could make a huge leap, yep. and which actually brings me around to um, I know that I pointed, to you, pointed out to you that Minshew graded poorly in the advanced stats. Um, I've actually come around to him on fantasy and moved him way up because I've thought about it more, and I think that team's just going to totally tank so just give him the long there's no one there to play over him this year and he like scrambles second right behind yeah. josh allen like the, so he they're going to be behind with no running back the worst defense and he's just going to be one of those guys being like wait minchu's top 15 fantasy qb so i, I moved him up because i fantasy wise he's going to be gold and, and another one wait late for for Superflex." so i just wanted to say because i know you and i I, despite my my, uh, I don't think he's going to be real life good. Uh, I do think in fantasy, but yeah, I have uh, Le'Veon Bell ahead of, of Fournette by like four or five spots. So I would definitely I'm um, with you there.
0: But I move Gurley down. I move Fournette down. It's like I have Le'Veon Bell like 19th or 18th now, because I've I've Melvin Gordon. I've Josh Jacobs at like 13, Eckler at 14, Jonathan Taylor at 15, Gordon at yes. 16. Connor is 17, I may even move Connor up a couple since there just doesn't seem to be any problems with him. And I think bell is 18. Who do you take ahead of bell after those guys?
1: I got a Connor in our league, yeah, by the way, no, I've come, um, Yeah.
0: I like Connor. I think Connor in the third round, Connor is a good pick. I think he may move up. I think people with the running back inflation might start pushing Connor up to the second round pretty soon.
1: Um, yeah absolutely so I was happy to own that one so yeah and then Taylor he's so interesting and I love the headlines coming out being like sharing work and yes. all that stuff I, I, I love that uh, okay who else uh, maybe uh, what about a Chris Carson
0: well now he's got some personal thing that sounds kind of serious they weren't just oh like, wow oh, I didn't
1: even know this I didn't, yeah I missed, so oh.
0: there's a death in his family but it wasn't just like his one of his parents I, I something is serious going on there maybe it's not mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a close family member but he like had to leave indefinitely for that I don't know if they're just like overdoing it, but it sounded like something tragic happened. So he's, I don't know what that's going to affect him for the season, but that's just something uh, I didn't really, you know, change it. Cause I, I, we just don't know the details of it really, but I should probably move him up just because
1: he, he even caught the ball last year. I mean, Carlos Hyde also actually got 230 carries last I year. I know a different team, but he's there. Um, but Carson, uh, I, yeah, I don't know about the other show, but the, if the hip surgery is fine and Penny, on pup or whatever. I mean, that offense is pretty good. I mean,
0: yeah, maybe I'll move. Carson's
1: there. a guy I never ended up getting, but I, I would have him around higher. And, um, uh, I, I really wouldn't argue like strongly cause I'm just an upside guy. So I would say Deandre Swift personally, but David Montgomery, what about him? I mean, he was a bum his rookie year, but definitely a better situation. And a guy looking at all the volume.
0: Well, he's not going to get the catches, right? Because that's Tariq Cohen. Yeah, and then, well, he's still caught
1: at some, but you're right. You're right. That's fair. That's and, fair. and
0: then like, he just seems sluggish. You know, I don't know if David Montgomery's good. Like, I don't know if he's even as good as like Jordan Howard.
1: Like well, I don't know if Bell's good anymore either. I mean, 28-year-olds who get that. I know yards per carry is an overrated staff, but guys who get that low, I don't know, he'd be the first to ever bounce back at age 29 or whatever. So I hear, I hear you. A lot of running backs come back year two, but David Montgomery, the tackle-breaking machine, it might just be because he can never, you know, get right. far down the field. He's, he's, <laughs> those guys tend to do that. Um, but, um, okay, I'm fine. None of these, I would argue, other than, like, Carson or, like I said, I'm a I'm a guy who swings to the fences with these rookies, but who, but they're all total game. What about, okay, Mark Ingram? What about him? 15 touchdowns, 15 games last
0: year yeah but look at the volume it was very low he's not gonna get I that nearly no. that i i just don't think and even if jk Dobbins were to get hurt i just don't think they would i would think they would just bring in gus edwards or bring in whoever like ingram's volume was maxed out last year
1: yeah he's never had more than 230 carries i think like, yeah yeah i'm cool with, with bell there adam gase is just such a such a I mean, bell.
0: bell has weird upside he could get yeah. 10 touchdowns and 65 catches I mean that's in play and it's like yeah he might he might be done he's probably done and i'm just talking myself into it but like i just it's just like the guy is jacked now he's 215 pounds i don't know i just seems like why can't he be good for one? it's not like he's that old
1: yeah no that's fair okay Le'Veon bell you're all in on
0: no i just told jeff i said i just want one share that's all you know like there's some, a player like that i want one share because it's kind of just an idea i had it's not like Totally. Don't, you, you know, mean, you know, yeah. it's not like one of the guys I'm, you know, super on. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, can I just circle back real, real yeah. quick because
1: I'm looking at I'm in far too many fantasy leagues, but in the, this baseball league we're in together. Not only did I bench uh, Paxton, yes, during that same thing you said, but Yadier Molina just lost C.J. Crone, who by the way was mashing. Ahmed Rosario, Ronald Acuna, Andrew Benintendi, just like come on, man. That's with me drafting all pitchers. Just anyway, just a very very annoying, but yeah. Yeah, I was telling Carly I liked the idea of sports <laughs> a lot more. Yeah, that's yeah. What
0: I the first week I was like, I forgot how annoying this is like, how annoying yeah. fantasy baseball is, is how frustrating it is. Like, every single thing I had Isaiah, you know, whatever that guy is, Falefa, Kiner Falefa, on a couple of leagues. I dropped him because he had a groin injury on Sunday night, and I was like, I can't hold on to this oh, guy. Like, four or five
1: steals, yeah, it's just, yeah, and. Yeah. yeah, I was barely a bit on him. And I, I bid $80 on AJ Pollock in this, in our league. And he went for 81. Like, I mean, what, like what's, I don't know, so, just shit like that.
0: So uh, John means I started that guy cause he was facing the Marlins and then there was yeah. COVID and he's faced the Yankees and he got shelled. And then this Warble. week I started again for like an easy start against some bad team. And then, but he was on bereavement, but I was like, okay, that's a couple of days. And then he's on the DL now, like in the real DL somehow so there's just so much there's yeah the cardinals though are the real if you have like Flaherty I don't have any Flaherty but like that's a second round pick I do have Goldschmidt oh I have Goldschmidt in the main event and I had to pick up a first baseman because Goldschmidt you know he's not playing this week so I pick up Logan Morrison on the Brewers and they release him right after I get him I picked him up for a dollar but then they release him so I didn't have a first baseman
1: well, I, I was convinced Familia was going to be the closer. It looked like he was clear, clear path there. And not only was he not, but he was like brought in the sixth inning for the, uh, on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday or so like got shut. Like it was the worst possible uh, scenario. It's just, yeah, it's 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 rough. Uh, here's to uh, to football working out. Let me tell you that.
0: Yeah, exactly. It like can't come soon enough.
1: <laughs> for sure. All right, man. Well, that an hour flew by. Um, yeah. You got anything else?
0: No, that's it for me.
1: All right. Um, Well, uh, you know, I always try to do a pop culture pick of the week. And this one is just kind of funny. I'll humor me for a second. But um, I actually picked that my pop culture pick of the week was going to be John McAfee's Twitter account, uh, who's been. He's been arrested for wearing uh, women's underwear instead of a a mask. Um, He's uh, been licking shoe bottom of shoes on video, trying to contract COVID, testing himself. (laughs) Uh, Just absolutely hilarious. So I um I I, normally just like just bookmark people's Twitter. So I followed him last night, and I woke up this morning ready to talk about him on the podcast to a direct message from John McAfee saying, thank you for following me and following me back. So as cool as it is to have Andrew Yang (laughs) step aside Sir John McAfee, not only following me, but following me, but sending me a DM appreciating that I follow him, sending me a thank you even. So that's two presidential nominees, by the way, too. He's a, libertarian too. where he ran uh whatever last last time so anyway i thought that was pretty funny because i swear swear to you it's on my notes i was already gonna write him as my pop culture recommendation of the week and then he followed me back and, and dm me so thought that was funny list you got you got anything else
0: that's big time he's no mike Postel who's following me but you know oh did you guys ever make make up no i never no i didn't answer i didn't answer
1: him you didn't, you didn't no. answer but he followed you back okay
0: i don't i don't know if he i don't know if he still follows me but i didn't answer him he, he directly me
1: Gotcha. The only other oh right, you probably do that. But the only other thing uh, I want to say, pop culture wise, I heard you say on the XM show, Unbreakable. That movie has a ton of flaws. And like Shyamalan, I get it. It definitely has flaws, but I thought it's like the best comic book superhero type movie, just secretly, you know, wrapped up differently. I mean, maybe Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight or whatever. I'm not a big superhero movie guy, but I thought it was pretty good, and it sounded like you you felt the same.
0: Yeah, I don't remember it that well, all the details, and I I know it was flawed. But I liked Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis in those roles. It just seemed like it was just a cool juxtaposition. Totally. Yes. And, and it was just yes. it, the way it kind of the way the story unfolded was kind of cool. So, and I just I just think it's really applicable to uh, professional athletes also.
1: So, uh, they're, yeah, they're, if, they're, if someone exists who's oh, super super brittle, then there must be the opposite. Right. Um, some some point. You know, cool. All right, man. Good stuff, Liz. Uh, good good chatting, man. Good time. Right, Take it easy, man. Later, man. Later.